But welcome to our uh, Vision Sunday 2024, and it's an exciting and important morning that we do each year where we kind of, you know, reflect on just where we are as a church and where we're going and sometimes introduce a, a new idea or ministry direction. And uh, before we dive into today's text a little as a way to look forward and, and to cast vision and talk about this year's theme of a lasting legacy. Uh, let's first take a quick look back at 2023 and where we've been and kind of just celebrate all that God has done. So this year in 2023, we celebrated 60 years as a church and six decades of serving our community. And we celebrated 60 years by having uh, the biggest year ever in the history of the church. And as has been the case every year uh, since 2018, we experienced uh, record growth and amount of people reached this year. So here's just kind of a, sure, yeah, why not? Praise God. <laughs> Here's just a graph picture of kind of the consistent uh, growth of the church over the last uh, 10 plus years. Uh, and so in January um, of this year, just last month, was the first time ever in the history of the church that we uh, averaged over 250 people in a, in a month. And that's why uh, we're asking, as you're doing, uh, more people to come to the 9 a.m. because we're just, we're out of room almost uh, at the 11 o'clock. Um, and this is one of the ways we can continue to grow in our 9 a.m. service. So, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, we've grown from 48 to 258 uh, in Sunday worship, just in the averages. Uh, so more than five times the amount of people. And our facility uh, is being used, you know, not quite 24-7, but, but close to it. And uh, over 500 different people come through our building each week. And about half of those are non-church uh, people who come through outreaches such as youth, uh, our good food program, recovery and support groups, and more. Uh, and a lot of our growth, excitingly, is, is in the next generation. And so uh, this year, this, this kind of stat just blows my mind, but this year we've had more preteens and high school students attend those ministry nights than the past seven years combined uh, in 2023. That's the kind of growth we've experienced uh, with the high school preteen students. Uh, then we regularly have over 40 kids on Sundays, uh, and often many more, uh, sometimes up to 60, 70 kids on a Sunday. And, uh, you know, there was a day not too long ago, some of you were here for it, uh, when the only kids in the church were uh, the pastor's kids, uh, were really our kids, <laughs> me and Hannah. And uh, so we also exceeded 300 people on a Sunday for the first time ever uh, this fall on October 15th, which just gave us an indication we can do that. Uh, we survived it and um, for our fall outreach. And um, we had over 450 people attend our Christmas Eve service, um, which really kind of blew us uh, away, but just kind of um, showed us what potentially our reach is in the community right now. And that was uh, almost exactly double just the previous year before that, uh, so reached about two times as many people on that, that day and night. So in summary, each week uh, we have about 10 times as many people coming through our building each week than we did just five years ago. 
So it's a bit of an understatement, of course, to say that we're just in an extraordinary uh, and exciting season as a church. So if you were here last year, uh, I did a little bit of a similar summary about 2022, and I ended it by saying, as I'll also say now, uh, so what? Now, of course, it all matters, and those are all good signs, and they're encouraging because they represent real people and change lives, and it's all about people. But you and me are going to stand before God someday, and I don't think he's going to ask about how successful our church was, how many people we had come to events or programs. It will be about, did you fulfill the great commission of making disciples. So let's turn our attention to 2024 and the present challenge of making disciples. And if you're able, would you stand with me as we read God's Word this morning? And it comes from Matthew chapter 28. So if you have a Bible, I encourage you to bring one. Uh, if you don't, there's Bibles at the table in the back that uh, you can either use on Sunday or just keep and take home with you and bring back on another Sunday. But Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, be a familiar passage for many, but this is Jesus uh, speaking post-resurrection, so after he's already been resurrected. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord, and if you believe it, say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. So I'm going to do a little teaching and unpacking of this text, and then I will talk about how we're attempting to live it out as a church going forward. And I'll put this kind of visual breakdown uh, up first of the text so that you can follow along. I suggest you kind of sketch it out um, in terms of the, the heading and subheading and kind of see the flow of it a little bit, and then you can kind of add notes uh, underneath. And I'll try not to make this uh, too technical, but I want you to understand what the text is communicating. And so I did a bit of a, a deep dive uh, into the text and into the original uh, language, the Greek of the text, and what it communicates. And the grammatical construction of this text in the Greek indicates that the, the main uh, or featured verb in this uh, text, methusete, is make disciples. That's clearly the main point or idea. And it's in what's called the uh, imperative mood, which means it's a command, right? It's not optional. Uh, it's not uh, negotiable. It's a requirement for all followers of Jesus. Make disciples, each and every one of you, is what it's saying. Furthermore, the word uh, go 
here, uh, despite it kind of appearing first, it's actually uh, kind of in service to make disciples. It sort of piggybacks uh, it and is related to that main imperative commands, meaning it must take place the way it's connected in order for that main point to take place, to be carried out. So in other words, it's saying you can't make disciples without the going. In order to make disciples, you must do something, which is go. There is no disciple-making without going. And in the context of Jesus talking to his disciples here, uh, what this really just means is, quit staring at me, is what Jesus is saying. <laughs> He's like, I'm about to ascend into heaven. Don't worry, I'm going to send my spirits. I'm with you always, but it's time to go and get to work. And then two, what's called uh, participles of commands follow these commands to go and make. And they're what's called uh, participles of means, which means, no pun intended, uh, which means that these are the means by which disciples are made. So Jesus is saying, how do you go and make disciples? That should be the natural follow-up question. Right? Jesus commands, make disciples and go. And we should say, how am I going to do it, Lord? And then he says, here's the way or means, the two things. Baptizing and teaching. And the word baptize uh, is iterative, just meaning that every time, what it communicates, every time a disciple is made, he or she is to be baptized. And that process is just supposed to be repeated over and over again. Every time a disciple is made, they are baptized. It's not a choice. It's not optional. Uh, baptism cannot be separated from making disciples. And if you want to be uh, baptized, you just let us know. Or if you want to even just be refreshed in your idea of baptism, you can uh, listen to or take the course that we offer at the church. And then the second way or means of making disciples is teaching. And the, the tense here is uh, that it's a continual process that is happening or activity that never ends. So that a disciple is continually being taught. It never ceases. We never stop teaching or learning. We never arrive as disciples. We should always be eager to grow and learn. And this is the very meaning uh, of a disciple, of what it means, that it signifies extreme devotion of a student to his or her teacher, and to the passing on of the ideas of that teacher, meaning basically you become like the teacher. And the teacher here clearly is Jesus, right? Verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so we remain continually his students, and he remains continually our teacher. So that's just a brief unpacking of these very important verses, what's called the Great Commission. And this is why we've worked and are working so hard on this uh, discipleship journey here at Oceansides, which you uh, hopefully received a copy of this morning, and if not, there's some on the, the back table there. But let me uh, just discuss that process of how we came to this point over the last year. Uh, so some of you might remember last year's uh, Vision Sunday, well, I'm sure you all remember, uh, last year's Vision Sunday, 
was uh, called Going Deeper in Discipleship, and it was uh, this verse, therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. And so I said uh, in that message that we were just kind of laying the preliminary vision for how we might go deeper and for developing a more intentional discipleship process. And it was just some ideas at that point uh, that we presented. And I said it likely wouldn't even launch in 2023 uh, because we wanted to take our time and, and work on it. But this was the, the verse that was going to drive us and the theme that was going to drive us throughout 2023. And so if uh, you'll remember, we gave the opportunity actually for everyone in the church to provide feedback on how can we go deeper as a church. So both on that Sunday morning and then as well in your life groups. And all that uh, material came in, all that feedback on uh, how you felt we should maybe go deeper as a church. And so what we did is we compiled all that feedback then into a document, and then it was organized kind of topically uh, by some of the themes. Uh, thanks to Aaron, our, our admin, for doing that. And some certain themes and topics kind of emerged. And then I went on a personal uh, three-day retreat just to kind of pour over this and pray over uh, those responses as well as input from our staff and, and attempt to discern, you know, what the Spirit might be saying to our church. And I wrote a first draft of what was at that time uh, called the Oceanside Roadmap. And it was just a, uh, a draft document at that point. And it was submitted to the staff. And then we then we didn't, uh, took a full day as a staff. And we went off-site, and we kind of just brainstormed more, and we went over this document, and we prayed, and we kind of hashed out a bunch of things. And then based on the feedback and material from that day, uh, I kind of went back to the drawing board and then submitted a revised plan to our team. And, you know, as much as I thought at that point, surely they would say, Joseph, this is perfect. Like, you nailed it. This is great. We see no need for improvement. Uh, they actually had a lot more feedback uh, to go which is all really good. It's really good to work as a team and together. And so the Oceanside uh, journey that you hold in your hands, uh, the, the OJ, uh, not to be confused with orange juice or OJ Simpson, maybe we'll just call it Oceanside journey, that's probably safer, uh, is the culmination of a process that took place off and on over a year of prayerful work and discernment. And so I'm not going to go over this uh, in detail. We'll introduce pieces of it over time, uh, but I'll just make a few comments about it. Uh, first, I would say, um, or number one, uh, you might be thinking, this is it? Like, that's all that work? This is all you came up with? Um, so first, I would say it's, it's a lot more than it looks like, um, and it will literally take years to kind of implement all this and get it off the ground and develop uh, the material and make it consistently available. Uh, but it is purposely simple and basic and we hope doable. And if you're in a job or career where you, you know, create materials or write stuff or whatever it might be, you know it's, it's harder and it takes more work to simplify uh, something than to make it long and complicated. Uh, and when uh, we always say uh, on our team that preaching shorter messages is actually harder and takes more time than preaching longer messages uh, because, you know, like a, like a good balsamic reduction, if you're uh, into food uh, like that, 
kind of need to sometimes burn off what's unnecessary, right? You heat it down to its best and purest and richest form where, you know, only the best stuff is kind of left rather than, you know, the, one of those watery balsamic vinegars. They're really cheap, right? Yeah, you get a lot, but is it really the best to have more? Not necessarily. Um, so we tried to only keep what's essential and what's core and kind of get rid of the excess. And we started with, you know, tons of ideas, but the goal is to create a journey that theoretically we believe everyone in the church could and should engage. Uh, number two, it also keeps us focused on, you know, what's important and helps us make decisions. You know, as we grow and we've, we've sought a lot of advice, we've read a lot of materials uh, from, you know, experts, and as we grow, a real temptation is to just start doing more. But that usually does often more harm than good. Uh, so, for example, you know, we get approached almost every week uh, in, one, in some way, whether it's an email or something else, an outside organization or, or inside, with kind of an idea or request of, you know, running this group or this study or this program or this outreach. And the things we could potentially consider doing as a church, they're really just never-ending. And they're all great. That's what's so hard. But we can't do everything, Right? And more isn't always better. And often, sometimes as a church, you end up with a bunch of random pieces and ministries and stuff, but they don't all kind of uh, lead anywhere, and there's no cohesion between, between them, and you get spread too thin. And so now we can assess and kind of ask every time, hey, does this, does this fit with our vision and our mission and the plan we've laid out to move toward fully mature disciples of Christ? And then number three, this helps us as a, as a staff and as a church uh, stay focused on what's important, namely Jesus' instructions here on making disciples. So for example, uh, we, I gave all those really good numbers, right? Uh, but we actually saw a decrease in water baptisms in 2023. Uh, now, the caveat is that we had a record number of baptisms in 2022, but still that concerns me a little bit. And then in addition, some of those we did baptize in 2022, we, we sort of lost, or we just kind of lost, lost touch with them. And that tells me maybe we got too busy with other things and weren't properly being intentional about discipling all the new people and all the new believers that the Lord is bringing and that are coming. And so in order to, uh, you know, make this happen, we might have to cut back on some other things. I'm not sure what those things are uh, yet. We're sort of praying about it. But because we believe that the visioning of the last two years, these two phrases that the Lord has given us to go deeper and to solidify a, a lasting legacy, we really believe that these are from God's hearts for our church for this season, for this time. And so let's end by looking ahead at this year's phrase and how we can create as a church this lasting legacy. So we'll discuss more uh, of all of this at our, our AGM in, in April and in the coming weeks, and we'll let you know about membership and how that works if you're interested, and we have the course coming up. But when we laid out our faith goals as a team from the years 2021 
to 2025, we felt the Lord give us a, a key phrase for each year. And the one for 2024 that we came up with back then was that this would be the year that we would solidify a lasting legacy. And part of how we defined that was this, that it would be a foundational spiritual and organizational DNA and stability in place that outlasts the current team, or we could just say the current people, impacting families and generations of worshipers on Vancouver Island. And really, this was honestly the big picture vision, uh, even nine years ago when Hannah and I came here. Uh, for the 50 years prior, this church had always hovered somewhere between 40 and 80 people. I went through, you know, many ups and downs through all those years, uh, honestly, mostly based on who the pastor was or whether or not they had a pastor or a leader in place. And a lot of those years, they didn't. And when, we, and when we came, we said, you know, let's be a part of something that outlasts us, right? Where this church would always be a growing, life-giving, disciple-making church that is constantly reaching and blessing the community no matter who its leaders are. It just becomes baked into the DNA of the church and of everyone who is a part of it. And we hope you will adopt that same vision because it's not about us. Right? It's about leaving a lasting legacy of this church, fulfilling the Great Commission even after you and I are gone, whether we move away or we go to be with the Lord. And that's what our, our Pave the Way campaign is, is all about. And there's uh, these booklets back there if you've never looked at one or, or got one. As it says on the front, this is what it's all about. Pave the way for future generations to know Jesus. This is all about the lasting legacy. And, and trust me, the, the last thing in the world I wanted to do was any kind of campaign, right? I don't really want to do this, but I feel compelled to do it because I know it's not about me. It's not about just the current situation. And there's some big dreams and big goals in this document. And all I can ask is, you know, you pray about it and what God might ask you to do to help pave the way. But the amazing news is we basically accomplished our goal for 2023, which is awesome, and raised the amount we had planned. And now we're looking ahead to, to phase two of designated giving to that above our, our regular giving. And you as a congregation, you've just so, so beautifully responded to the need and allowed us to continue to reach people, to, to bless our community, and to make disciples together. Because every time we step out in faith, man, we've just seen this over and over and over again, right? Every time we add some space or we add another service or we add a staff member or we do, every time we do that, we grow. Because when God sees that we're making room and we're ready and we're going and we're doing, He sends the people. And so we're going to move forward in faith and believe that God will continue to respond. And I believe strongly that there has to continue to be a, a vibrant and Jesus-loving, Bible-believing, disciple-making communities in our area. I mean, it's a responsibility that we have as believers to make sure that exists. 
you know, and, and this church, we're, we're all about social outreach and social justice and caring for people in our community, and we have lots of programs that do that. We talk about it a lot, and there's lots of great organizations that do that as well. But we also have a very unique and mandatory calling as a church to integrate that with Christian discipleship. That's what makes us different. That separates us from just a social outreach organization. And that's something we need to invest in so that it's not lost. Because that's eternal stuff. That's big stuff. But here's the great news. We don't have to do any of this on our own. Because in verse 20, Jesus says that he is with us always, right? Even to the very age. He'll never stop being with us. He'll never stop empowering us to make disciples. And that's really good news. I'm glad. Because <laughs> I'm like, Lord, we can't do this when I think about it. But we can through His Spirit.